Welcome to the Barely Living Dread Girls podcast, where we like to get high and talk about horror movies. I'm Casey. And I'm Jess. <laughs> yeah. And this week, um, we're kind of coming to the close of our Stephen King summer rapidly. To, yeah. uh, this summer's gone by really quickly. I can't believe it. This is one of my favorite movies on the Stephen King list, Yay! so I'm super excited to cover it. And uh, it is... Pet Cemetery from Yay. 1989. The original. We, um, I don't know, maybe one day we'll cover the uh, remake or maybe the sequel, which had nothing to do with Stephen King uh, or the original story, but is uh, so much fun. But yeah, for now we are doing the original. Um, I started reading the book for the first time, never read it before. Turns out it's exactly like the movie oh, it's not up there i forgot yes yeah, sorry i have the book down here it's down um, here <laughs> but it's because we have gage and church up here and then we've got this lovely painting made by a local artist named jess i did that she did i it. was watching the movie taking notes and painting and uh go follow our tiktok at barely living dreadful and you can see her doing just that yeah i've been posting my little paintings on there i needed another fucking hobby like i needed a hole in my head so there we are <laughs> we love hobbies. Yeah. Yay. So, uh, yeah, this um, movie is one of his most popular, one of his most known. Um, I mean, I feel like even The Shining, sometimes people forget that it's Stephen King. Um, you think people think we're just like, like, like Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of people do. I think people forget that The Green Mile is his. Um, and so I think... Pet Cemetery really is one of his biggest works. It was one of his first. He wrote it. It was the second book he ever wrote, but I think the fourth book he published because he was a little skeptical about uh, publishing it because it was so sad. And it's really fucking sad. It's really fucking sad. Somehow he makes it even sadder in the book. But uh, this screenplay is written by Stephen King, which is why... And I mean exactly like the book. Some of his book adaptations are so much like the book, it's it's weird. Like, it's like they just used it for the screenplay. I mean, so many, like, lines that he just lifted straight from his own book. Um, but again, it makes sense, because he wrote the screenplay. Uh, directed by Mary Lambert, who did uh, Urban Legends Bloody Mary, <laughs> and has done a ton of TV. I love... <laughs> Bloody Mary, it's so bad. Yes, so good, so bad. Um, starring Miko Hughes, a very tiny, tiny, tiny. baby Miko Hughes. Who so cute. Just a few years later. Uh, so this movie, uh, its special effects work was uh, in part done by David Anderson, um, David Leroy Anderson, who uh, makes who made uh, a very big FX company that I can't remember the name of right now. Um, so he worked on this with Miko Hughes and the rest. And a few short years later, Miko Hughes would go on to play Heather Langenkamp's son in New Nightmare. Uh, and David Leroy Anderson and Heather Langenkamp Anderson are married today. Oops. And they are the, uh, part of the team behind all of your favorite things at, uh, on Cabin in the Woods. They did all those monsters. Oh my god. I so, feel like Nancy maybe Thomas. you've said that before, yeah. but holy fuck. 
It's funny because I watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original at work today. Oh, I love that. I didn't even, I have Nightmare on Elm Street earrings on, mm-hmm. but it didn't even cross my mind when I put it on TV. I just went to HBO yes. Max and I was like, click, click. Because I was telling Casey, I had the weirdest day at work, but our TV didn't work for like the first two hours of my shift. It just wasn't working. And uh, so for a while I was mentally living in Roku City. <laughs> and uh, it. it finally started working again. And I'm like, I just put something on so i watched one shark documentary and then i put on nightmare on elm street i love it <laughs> so i would like to mention in the stephen king verse yes nothing fucking good happens in maine there ain't shit i don't know fuck about maine nothing good happens in his except maine. that that nothing good happens there no it really uh if you live in maine i'm sorry man it must be rough <laughs> yeah because he sets all of his shit there and all the worst shit happens there I mean, needful things happens in Castle Rock, Maine, and that's where the devil opens up a, uh, like, small shop and starts fucking with the whole town. Uh, it happens in Dairy, Maine. We all know what happens in that story. This is in Ludlow, Maine. Jesus, God Dream damn. Dreamcatchers. Wasn't there a part of that that was in Maine when they, like, go back to the... Yes, it's based in... Parts of it are in Dairy, Maine, yeah. Yeah. Like, with their childhood. <sighs> it's... It goes on. Duddits! Oh, no. I love Duddits! I would die for him. I was telling my, uh, one of my regulars, Brian, um, he asked what I thought about the Dead Zone, because he loved it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's okay. And he's like, and I was like, no, let me tell you. I was like, for me, it's kind of, you know, all over the place. And I was like, but Casey kept killing me. (laughs) And he's like... I was like, with the the quotable line, and he's like, oh, God, is it? He's like, they're going to fall through the ice. I'm like, the ice. The ice is going to break. break. (laughs) Yes. I can't leave that one in the past. I got to carry it with us. But anyway. Forever. Let's talk about Pet Cemetery. I haven't edited that episode yet, but it's going to be a blast. Oh, it was so fun. We had a fun time last week. So, uh, also starring, um, 80s, just, just 80s mom, such a hot 80s mom, Denise Crosby, who was also the mother in Cujo, which we did not cover this summer, but is a classic king. Truly. Yeah. Um, also starring (laughs) my favorite part of this movie, Fred Gwynn. I love Fred Gwynn. I love Fred Gwynn. I love Fred Gwynn. Uh, the original Herman Munster, he's also just done a million things. He was also just an amazing human. I didn't even put two and two together that he was Herman Munster. He is everything. Fred Gwynn is everything. Judd? Yeah. Judd has my whole heart in this movie. And so I did watch the remake. I'm not going to talk about it too much because I was just, just unimpressed. I just, it was fine. I didn't hate it. I Um, didn't have time to watch it. I was going to, but but I feel like I'm not missing much. The Judd in the 2019, can you look up the actor's name? Yeah. I, it's just not coming to my mind right now. He's a huge actor and I love him. But the Judd in the remake is not the sweet, snuggly, huggy grandpa that he is in this and he is in the book. Fred Gwynn just is so perfect. And his main accent, I'm reading the book in his accent. Oh, gotta stay away from the rod, I up. Like, <laughs> Like, I just, I love, 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 love Fred Gwynn. He was so perfect for this. 
And I think part of my my only problem with the movie in its entirety mm. is Dale Midkiff, who plays um, Lewis uh, Crandall or Lewis Creed, who's our main character. His acting is crap. It is so stale and cardboard and one note, and I can't stand it. He ruins the movie for me. It not ruins the movie. I just really wish I could replace him with almost anyone else. The answer you were looking for is John Lithgow. Thank you, John Lithgow. Yeah, and you would think that he would be the, like, oh, sweet Judd Crandall, like another version. They made him kind of, like, gruff, and, like, he yells at Ellie a couple times. A little. Not yells at her, but, like, John she goes into the Ellie. house. Yeah, she, like, goes into the house and sees something, and he, like, walks in and scares her, and he's like, you got a habit of looking through people's stuff, and I'm just like, Judd never acts like that, ever. That's a nice guy. He's like, normally I wouldn't do this, but let's bring this cat back to life. Because he just loves, yeah, he just loves Ellie so much. Yeah. That's why the remake's really fucked up, because... Ew, I hate that. Ellie dies, not Gage. That's what I've heard. It's it, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll cover the remake eventually. Um, <laughs> so we start, uh, you know, we get our long-ass credit scene with the sad music. You know, it's gonna be a sad-ass fucking movie. And, uh... We cut to ominous trucks barreling down this fucking street. We're in Cope. Yeah. Barreling. Oh, they drive so fucking fast. Um, and we see our family that just purchased a house on this crazy truck-filled road. The Creed family moving from, I want to say, Boston. I can't. Maybe that's the remake. Moving from somewhere, um, so that he can I thought be they were maybe Chicago. Maybe Chicago. I think it's Boston in the remake. I think it's Chicago. They're moving to a small town so that he can be a uh, doctor at a university, have more time at home, um, and so they bought this house in the middle of nowhere on this extremely country road. Um, we. Uh, we get to meet Church the Cat. Oh my god, he's in this little, like, bubble thing. Yeah, his little and carrier. So, Miko Hughes is one of the best baby actors of all time. Oh my god, he's amazing. With one of the best cat actors. I mean, there were actually, I think, seven cats that played Church. They all had different things. Like, a couple of them were, like, the cuddler ones. A couple of them were, like, hissing ones. A couple of them were, like, more acrobat. Anyway, um, some of the best cat acting I've ever seen. Best baby acting. Hands down, best baby acting. When he goes up to the back of the car when they first get there and he's in his little diaper and he just goes, Church! Cutest fucking thing I've ever seen. So cute. When he gets on the phone later and he just goes, Hi, Daddy, I love you. I'm like, Hi, Daddy, I beg you. How do you get that baby to do that? Oh, my God. I love this baby. Yeah, he was amazing. He's the only kid that I've ever thought was as cute or cuter than Andy Barkley. (laughs) I'm sorry. Andy Barkley in the first Child's Play movie, cutest kid I've ever seen. He is cute. He's kind of a turd. He stumbled through half of his lines in that movie, and I love him. (laughs) I would take that kid home any day. I would kick Chucky right in the face. I mean, I would kick Chucky in the face for sure, but... Andy! Anyway. So, at this point, uh, we get to meet Judd. Because Gage, this is obviously like a um, foreshadowing. uh, Because Gage is chasing... What was he chasing towards the road? Just walking. Oh, he was just walking towards the road, and Judd, the neighbor from across the street, 
comes up and grabs him, and he's like, you gotta stay away from the road. I don't know why I sound, like, I sound like Chris Walken, Christopher Walken again. <laughs> you gotta stay away from the road, I uh. <laughs> uh, So, yes, and the reason that they, the parents weren't watching is because Ellie was on this tire swing and it broke, and so the parents both ran over. Uh, yeah, you have, and a, it, you have a baby. And it's fucked up because when Fred Gwynn picks him up, when Judd Crandall picks him up, this fucking truck, I mean, seconds, seconds after. No, you don't, my friend. Not in that road. Gage! I corralled him for you, Mrs. Thank you, thank you. Whizzes by. And that is exactly how it happens in the book. Like, it's... Like, in you're kind of, it's third person, but you're kind of in Lewis's head. And this, like, him hearing the sound when he turns around and he sees the baby, like, as Judd scoops him up, like, the sound of the roaring that he's hearing, and he's like, it wasn't two seconds later that that truck passed. It's like, holy shit, that's close. How could you not, like, with a close call like that, you'd think it never actually happened. Also, you're a doctor. You can probably so afford a fence. I would have called the fence company the next motherfucking day. Yeah. But what do I know? I'm just a, I'm just a woman. <laughs> I don't know anything. So, uh, after this happens, they, you know, get their introduction with Judd, and uh, he's like, well, I'm happy to see this place with people in it again. You know, hasn't had anybody live here in a long time. They see this strange path, and they're like, where does that go? And he's like, oh, that's a good story. I'll take you there sometime. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, soon enough, we'll learn what that goes down that path, won't we? Oh, we already know. Yeah. Um, I can't, was Missy, like, so we get to meet Missy a little bit later. Um, this is an interesting part. What the fuck's up with Missy? Is she, like, their housekeeper? Or is she, like... Good question. I don't I think know she's what the maid of some kind, some kind of housekeeper. But the problem, the reason, part of the reason that the book is like, even though they are so similar, part of the reason that the book is better is because there's this weird character swapping. Missy doesn't exist in the book. In the book, Judd's wife Norma is still alive at the beginning, and Norma is the emotional core of the story. Norma and Ellie get along so well. She uh, They bake oatmeal raisin cookies together. Sweetest mm-hmm. thing ever. I love Norma. And then Norma dies, like, a third of the way through the book. And it's, like, I'm weeping reading it as Aww. Judd's going through the funeral. And, like, there's one line that I literally, I it broke me so much that, like, I went, <laughs> and I just set down the book for a minute because they're at the funeral and... Lewis and three other guys are pallbearers. Mm-hmm. And right before um, they pick her up, he says, be careful with her. And then he puts his hand on the coffin. He looks at it and he says, I'll be with you soon, girl. I am weeping. So in the both of the movies, Norma's already gone. Yeah. And in this, she's replaced with the nanny, who Ugh. I think to add another body uh, to the count, make it seem more like a horror movie. I don't know. I wish they had left Norma in. Yeah. But the movie is kind of sad It's already enough. sad enough, yeah, <laughs> truly. Because nobody cares when the maid goes. Nobody cares when... What's her name? Missy. Missy. No one cares when Missy goes. Missy's death is so weird. Every time she's on screen, it makes no sense. It doesn't. That's Her character was very... 
confusing for yes. me. You can tell he just, like, oh, I don't want to have to deal with Norma's character because that adds a lot to the movie, and I want to cut that part out, but I want to still have, like, another female presence or another death or another thing. Let me add this person in. You can kind of tell. Like, it kind yeah. of feels that way. So yeah, we get Missy and she's just weird and vulgar and just annoying. But after she's got stomach cancer, so she's always got stomach pains. Yeah, and uh, Lewis keeps offering to like check her out and like, hey, can I help you at all? She doesn't want any help. Doesn't want any of that. She, she does love to bitch though. Oh yeah, <laughs> no worse, no better. <laughs> So, uh, after they get all settled in, Judd's like, you want to go see the path? Take the whole family. Yes, the whole family. Uh, they take them up to the pet cemetery. Uh, which, which is spelled wrong. That's yes. why this um, is spelled wrong. I'd like to clarify that. Yes, it is uh, a sign above. That's why the book's spelled wrong. It's a sign that was made God knows when. Uh, and, you know, whoever it was, probably in the fucking 1800s at some point, probably didn't know how to spell the word. Carved it in. Um, I mean, there's dozens and dozens of animals buried and little, like, posts and stuff made. And Judd's explaining, like, this is where pretty much the whole town comes to bury their pets. A lot of pets get hit on the road. That road does take a lot because the... Bad road. Bad road. Um, Kills many pets. But then, you know, there's even goldfish and stuff buried there. It's not just... But it's just the town buries their pets there. And he even points out his dog Spot that died. Yeah. Um, and... Ellie is kind of starting to what process death. The idea like, of, of death. death. Coming, yeah. Like even coming to the idea that, oh, wow, things do die. And kind of starting to think about that. And this In a is permanent way. Yeah. Into the uh, um, Denise Crosby is her name is Rachel. We start getting into Rachel's trauma. Like you can see how uncomfortable she is. She immediately wants to leave. She's like, oh, God, this is no place for a kid. Um, she walks over to Lewis. She's like, let me have the baby. She wants Gage to feel, just so she can feel, like, not, like, you can see how uncomfortable she is. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, they start to heading back, and when they get back, Ellie's talking, um, she talking to her dad, mm -hmm. I think, about, like, well, what if, like, church dies and stuff like that? And, you know, then they start talking about, like, religion and God. And she's like, he's not God's cat. He's my cat. God can get his own cat if he wants. Yeah, it's true. It's, if there is a God, he can get his own damn cat. And it's the sweetest, saddest little it's thing. It's so sad. Because she loves church so much. It's apparently, like, taken basically straight from Stephen King and his daughter because something along those lines happened, or they moved and something like that, and there was an actual pet cemetery, and they, um, the, the daughter was like, I don't want God to take my cat, and the cat ended up dying. So, like, a lot of this, he was like, ooh, this fucking sucks, I'm gonna write a book about it. <laughs> like, but I just, like, he, like, the fact that his own daughter was like, God can have his own cat. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think that night is when she starts talking about, like, how uncomfortable she is with the idea of death, or is that later on? Um. I think it's later on. Yeah, that's later on. Um, we cut to the next day where Church is gonna go 
get fixed. Um, is he going to get fixed? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, well, you, and you can tell, like, they do get into a little fight about it because she says something about not wanting to go back there or something. Because then I did write a little note because she comes out after they have a little fight and she goes, still friends, Doc? Like, to her husband. And I wrote, uh, yeah, because, like, how the fuck could you stay mad at Denise Crosby? Look at her. <laughs> like, yes. Like, yes, he forgives you. But, um, this is also, like, the scene where that guy got hit by a truck. And, like, everybody's, like, carrying his basically lifeless body at this point into the, um, the emergency room. And Doc is just, like, this guy's fucking done for. Yeah. Yeah, like... I love the special effects in this movie. I think mm-hmm. they're fucking awesome. That's a thing I really liked about this movie is I love the blood, guts, and gore. I do. I can't lie. It's all practical effects. I love it practical looks, effects. Yeah, this guy's skin and his brains that are oof, coming out oof. is so, so well done. It really, there are a lot of moments with the special effects in this movie that made me cringe or go, go. Yeah. Because it's just that fucking good. And that's the reason I love this movie. It's just and like... It's gross. It's like one of the most brutal movies we've covered in the Stephen King universe. It really and is. And I love that. Like, I think it's... This one is one of those ones, no nonsense, no camp, all fucking craziness. You, adding camp to this story would be so wrong. I agree. Absolutely. This is a tragedy. This story is just about death and processing death. Yep. That's it. Like, no, wait, let's not, let, let's not add camp to that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, that's his, like, first day on the job. Um, this kid obviously dies. He got hit by a car. Um, and at, right after he dies, he, like, wakes back up, scares the shit out of uh, the doctor, and says uh, the soil, soil of a man's, man's heart, heart is stonier. stonier heard that a million times in the story like i said i just started reading the book i'd never read it before uh makes a lot more sense in the book when stephen king has time to explain uh and i mean you kind of you get what it means you know what i mean but mm-hmm. like it just makes for a better line in the book in the movie it feels like what the fuck? The fuck? <laughs> the what? Shut up. Well, that's obviously a lot to process for anyone is seeing someone, you know, with their head, their brains basically leaking out of their head. Yes. Um, and that night, we think he's having a nightmare about this guy. And in his dream, the guy is leading him to the pet cemetery and he's like, Come on, Doc. We got places to go. This is the place where the dead speak. Um... Yeah, don't go where they walk. The ground is beyond, or the ground beyond is sour. Is sour. And it's this, uh, and they had mentioned it earlier when they were in the pet cemetery with Judd. There's like a big deadfall. And he's like, Dale Midkiff's like, oh, what's up beyond that? And Judd's like, uh, don't go there. Yeah, don't go there. Just don't go there. Just don't. Don't go there. I'm sorry, that was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So he, uh, he, you know, wakes up from his dream and he pulls the covers off of him and his feet are fucking covered in mud they're gross and he made the sheets all gross and he's like ooh and he like gets rid of them really quick and like you like he's in denial like you would be and yeah 
like, I would just assume, like, oh, I, I sleepwalked for sure. I'd never done that before, but I apparently went on a sleepwalk. Right. Because, like, how else do you explain that? I don't think there you There was can. a ghost. Yeah, that's, and he's like, I don't like this dream. I want to wake up. I want to wake up. I want to wake up now. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but you weren't dreaming, Doc. Yeah. Um, so. This is when Jed finds church. Yeah, um, well, the family does go on a little holiday. Everybody but. Yes, uh, it's, like, Thanksgiving, and, um, Rachel's parents hate, uh, Lewis. Because they fucking suck. Oh my god, they're the worst. They're even worse in the book. But they are, oh my fucking god. They're awful. So, uh, he sends, uh, Rachel and the kids off on Thanksgiving and stays back. And, I mean, I get it. He's, you know, just drinking beer with his friend Judd on the porch. While yeah, that was wholesome. With... He doesn't want to deal with those shitty-ass grandparents. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. they suck. Uh, so, yeah, he gets a call from Judd. He's like, hey, we got a problem over here. I think your cat is dead. And like Jess was saying, the special effects on this... I add clips in, okay? I will be adding clips in. I will not add the clip of him peeling this frozen cat off ground, and the sound sounds like Velcro, and I didn't like it. But again, that point I got really into my painting. Here's I was like, I don't know. My only problem with the movie is Dale Midkiff's acting. I it's and maybe it's because he's in a lot of scenes with Fred Gwynn, and Fred Gwynn is. King just and blows Denise, him out of the water, and I mean Denise Crosby like has this monologue later that Jesus Christ is incredible, but like when he just when he goes up and he's like Judd's like ah oh, got your cat and <laughs> Lewis is it like, sound like the Canadians on South Park. Well, that's what Judd sounds like. Do you know how close Maine is to Canada? That's why they sound like that. Uh, <laughs> so um, he walks up and Lewis is like, "Yep, that's church." And like it was on, very monotone. Like later, he's talk or earlier, he's talking to Ellie. He's like, "I think we go on." Yeah. What are these choices he's making? Because I don't get it. There, he there is one moment of good acting from him, and it's when Gage dies and he's in the road and he just does that. Yeah. It's the only part that is believable from him. Every other part, I'm like, get the fuck off my screen. <laughs> Denise Crosby and him need to switch places. But anyway, <laughs> so so uh, he picks up the cat, and Judd's like, Ellie really loved that cat, didn't she? And he's like, yeah, more than anything. And he's like, you really love Ellie, don't you? Of course I do. It's my daughter. All right, well, let's go. God damn it. <laughs> Come with me. And he thinks he's taking him to the pet cemetery. Uh, they get to the pet cemetery. He's like, no, 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 we're going this way. So they start going over the, the, the deadfall, the, all the drift and stuff, and, uh, yeah, they get over it, and this is when the story gets problematic. This was their burial ground. Whose burial ground? McMack Indians. I brought you here to bury Ellen's cat. Yeah. Um, Stephen King has done this several times. He did not do it in The Shining. 
That was a Stanley Kubrick invention. Just want to say for the movie that was not in the book. Um, but he has done this a few times, and a million other writers have, and a million other will, and it's not okay, but it's done all the time. Um, it, I can kind of consider it lazy writing in my own way. For this, I, get, I, I made sense, I guess. It was in the 80s. It wasn't overdone. An ancient Indian burial ground. Yes. Um, so that's problematic for many reasons. Obviously, the word Indian is constantly said in this movie i will be saying native native, native yes yeah. i will be saying native or native american um uh and the other big problem with native american burial ground is um that's not like a thing like there's not like a an american burial ground mm-hmm. each tribe had their own burial practices the way that each society today has their own burial practices the way ancient Egypt did and everything else and so like just saying Native American burial ground is kind of just like a misnomer just like a very like it's like saying blanket yeah it's like saying Christian burial ground it's like that nobody says that Mm -hmm. but I mean they do say and um this uh it mentioned over again over and over again is the tribe the Mi'kmaq uh Indians who their tribe was nowhere near this area of Maine, unfortunately. So it doesn't look like Stephen King did a lot of his research on this. Again, I don't want to really make excuses for him, but the 80s, you know, a lot of coke. But yes, I, I, I will be the first to admit this is problematic. He needed to have done more research. Or again, if you are, I consider it kind of lazy writing. But if you are going to add that, if you do feel it's necessary, if you are like, wow, I really need some reason for this and I think this makes sense, A, do your research. Or B, use a completely fake tribe with completely fake everything. Because otherwise, you are insulting, insulting someone's someone, culture. And someone's history. Like, yeah. it just, it, yeah, it, it just, so I, I just want to go ahead and say all of that. Get that out of the way because we are going to be talking about this again. I may say the word Indian if I am referring to the actual script and what they say. But yes, I am going to be referring to the tribe as natives. Obviously, we both will. Um, We both understand that this is extremely problematic. We get it. It's a movie. It's been, it's over. You know what I mean? So I just wanted to get that out of the way and say we understand. Uh, We support all natives. And um, yeah. Absolutely. But Um, they do get to the Mi'kmaq burial ground. um, Which has all these crazy, you know, symbols and rocks. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Judd's like, here's a shovel. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. You have to bury your own. Each buries their own. It's like the Mi'kmaqs buried their dead here until the ground went sour. And then they knew not to do that anymore. They left this. And we know about it, and some people know about it in town, and now you know about it, and bury your cat. And he's like, we're just burying a cat? And he's like, yep, just bury your damn cat. And then never tell anyone that we went here. Yeah. (laughs) So he buries them, and they leave, and that's the end of that, right? Sure. No. (laughs) Well, we need to recognize as well that Judd said the soil is stonier again. Soil of a man's heart is stonier. Yeah. And he was just like, so this the dead guy like, said. This is what the guy in my dream slash reality slash whatever said. Sometimes dead is better. Sometimes dead is better. <laughs> I love that line, though. I mean, I think it's, 
But, um, yeah, church comes back. And he ain't the same church. No. He's stinky and he is scary. He's like, <laughs> whatever cats do. I don't know. I have dogs. <laughs> I don't know. I have dogs. <laughs> um, and it is. Um, I think it should be noted that in the book. Old please. In the book, <coughs> the pets, when they come back, aren't aggressive. They're just really, really, like, slow and not, not the same, definitely. They're not violent and they're not aggressive, just... Zombie-esque? Like, yes, absolutely. The way old Haitian zombies were described. The original zombies before George Romero, you know, reconstructed them. The just mindless, like, the way church is described in the book afterwards, you know, like, when you, like, drop him on the ground or throw him on the ground or whatever, he's just very stumbly, clumsy, will fall on his, like, back and then, like, like get up and kind of stumble away. Not the lithe way a cat moves and... You know, he was a tomcat before he was, you know, feisty in a way, still loving, a loving, you know, house cat, but just like, you know, anyway. Uh, so he like, he's very pokes around on his neck and it's just like so gross. Because he's like gooey he's, and he's, this cat is so dirty. Such Ugh. a cute cat though. Oh my God. So Judd, or I said Judd, Lewis is just like, okay, weird, whatever. Goes to take a nice hot bath. Church brings him a little present. What is that present, Casey? A dead mouse. Right in the bath. A dead rat. A dead rat. Right in the fucking bath water. (laughs) So, do you ever read through IMDb trivia? Just, like, to learn facts? Sometimes. So, sometimes I do, especially if we're doing stuff for the podcast, because sometimes I learn new things. Uh, I was scrolling through. The very last fact, which is in the spoiler section, which is supposed to be, like, the better facts. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Was. It was a real rat. The rat that was dropped in was fake. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I was like. Bitch, I thought you were going to say it was real. I'm no. like, gross. But I mean, like. No, it was Weirder a fake things rat. have been done in movies. It was a fake rat. I, that's, I thought it was. I don't. Think. <laughs> me and everyone else, Jess. That's why you. That's, that's why a you, horrible trivia question. That's how you know that anyone is allowed to post on there. Anyone can post anything. That makes me think for the game show night, we should do a trivia question that said true or false. The rat dropped into the bathtub <laughs> in Pet Cemetery is real. And people are going to get so tripped up. They're going to be like, oh my God. God. But it was. Yeah, totally. And then we'll be like, eh. Fake. Just like you. You should have went with your intuition. Yep. Don't ever doubt yourself. Shit's fake as shit. See, you'll know the answer to that trivia question if you watch our podcast. And you can win. It's a fake rat. Stuff. Yeah. Fake rat. Fake rat. Just like the world thought. (laughs) Can you believe it? It's mind-blowing that it was fake. Like fucking... (laughs) Movies are... Newsletters across the world. The rat was fake. (laughs) I was shocked. Shocked. Shooketh. Shooketh. Shooken. Shaken. Shooken to my chorus. Shaken like a cocktail. Shaken like a Polaroid picture. (laughs) 
shaking like the fucking Yin Yang twins told me to. Anyway, so where were we? (laughs) (laughs) We do this sometimes. Where were we? Um, we were talking about. Okay, so we're past the rat thing. It's fake. We've established that. <laughs> I think we've established that. I have a feeling that the only reason that scene happens is to get Dale Midkip without his shirt on. Are you going to hate on that, too? It'd be better if it was Denise Crosby. Oh, my God. I can't argue with you, though. So this is the another part where we were talking about, like, with Missy, how we don't really understand her part there's just a scene with her putting a noose around her neck and fucking hanging herself and i was just like 86 missy she can't take the stomach pains but like why are you here why was she in the story it her funeral comes to nothing her character comes to nothing her death like and i guess even if they had like let Ellie have more of a reaction to it and really had a scene with Lewis and Ellie trying to come with to terms with death. Yeah. But that doesn't really happen. And again, like it's replaced in the book because when Norma dies in the book, Ellie takes it really well and she kind of, she understands and she's really starting to come to terms with, Death is okay. Death is a natural thing. Like, that's what Lewis is trying to instill in her. And Rachel has this un- extremely unhealthy fear of death. Mm-hmm. And, like, she can't even speak of it. She can't talk about it. She can't go to funerals. Obviously, it's a hard subject anyway. But, and we'll talk about why in a little while, why she has this this holdup about it. But, I so like since they added Missy's character in, I wish they had at least used that and her death to show that, you know, hypothetically when it comes to church, she freaked out. She was like, Oh my god, I can't let my pet lose but in the thought of like an older person dying, it kind of helps her to accept the fact that like, oh, no, that is kind of the natural progression of life. Because when mm-hmm. you see an older, you know, as a child, when she sees someone like that, it's like, oh, they're older. They're anyway. I just it, it just seems so pointless. <laughs> like maybe that got cut out from his screenplay or something. Maybe he did add that in, and it was like a scene that was cut or something. I don't know. Yeah, I just I I agree. I really didn't understand her character at all. That was a weird choice. But um, this is the part that we were. The part that happens next is the part that we were talking about where um, Rachel is talking to her husband about her deep, intense trauma. This is the best part of the movie. It's the scariest part of the movie. And it scared me for years. Years. The the image of this woman, of the way, I don't know who the actor is that they dressed up as Zelda. Um, Zelda has shown up in my nightmares. I can't tell you how many times as a child, I had vivid nightmares of Zelda chasing me of me finding Zelda in a room. And I'm not kidding. Like the exact image of this woman in this movie, I mean, scared me to my fucking core. The scene where she runs right up into the camera and she's like, never get out of bed again. Never get. Oh my God. It still scares me. It is. Oh, it was terrifying. Okay, hold on. I want to say, I don't know. Anyway, um. <laughs> uh, Andrew Hubasek? 
Andrew Hubastank. Hubastank. Uh, so it is funny that you said that name because I did notice this time around that it was uh, that actor's uh, feature film debut. So good for him. That's awesome. Oh my uh, god, Edward Furlong was in this? What? Stephen King is the, the minister. Minister, yeah. I didn't did even... you did not notice? Well, I was also painting oh, while I was taking yeah. my notes. Have you ever so. seen this before? I have. Yeah, you but have. It's, okay, it's yeah, been it's been years. a while. Yeah, but like, so, I yes. saw this when I was a lot younger, and it freaked me the fuck out. Yeah, so, so it's been years since I'd seen it. So I was trying to like right. So yes, yeah, Stephen King is the minister. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does his little uh, speech. That's for Missy's funeral. Um. <sighs> And so, anyway, yes, this is when Denise Crosby has this incredible monologue. They'll say you hated her, Rachel, and that was true. And they'll say you wanted her to be dead, and that was true, too. And then she died. And I started to scream. I ran out of the house screaming, Zelda's dead! Zelda's dead! Zelda's dead! Um, she's talking about her sister, Zelda, who was a few years older than her. I think, uh, she was like uh, late teens, uh, when all this was happening. And Rachel, I think was like nine or 10. Um, her sister had spinal meningitis, was dying. They left, they kept her in a back room of the house, like as a secret. Dirty secret. And, um, cause she was dying. She was always in pain and... One night, they left Rachel home alone with her, and Zelda choked and died. And Rachel, it fucking scarred her, obviously. I hate her parents. I fucking hate them. They explain in the book that, like, they were out on some, like, out to dinner with some couple or something. And, like... What pisses me off the most is the way that Rachel's character makes excuses for them and only blames herself and just the way that like, and, and Lewis the whole time is like, they should have never left you alone with her. How could they do that? How could they let that happen? And agreed. Yeah. Why would you ever leave your child like that? Here's something about the remake that pissed me off and honestly maybe turned me off for the rest of the movie and that's why I don't like it. Tell me. In the remake, she young Rachel, there's like a dumbwaiter where they can send things up to Zelda and apparently it doesn't work sometimes and she wasn't supposed to use it but she like sent her food up there and somehow Zelda fell down the dumbwaiter shaft and that's how she died. Making it kind of Rachel's fault. Like, obviously not really her fault. That wouldn't make sense, though, because she can't really move. Exactly. And, and again, not really Rachel's fault, but making it a lot more obvious that she's going to blame herself. Yeah. When she was told not to do something, did it, and then it resulted. Instead of just sitting there, and then your sister just, that being the moment that she happened to die. And, like, there was nothing... At all that Rachel could have done about not it. She a was thing. a child. Yeah, not a thing. And God, I just fucking hate those parents. Oh my God. And then they get worse later <sighs> in the movie. Oh, that dad. Oh, that, that fucking dad. dad. I have a little faith that after the movie ends, because it's just the two of them, she's going to take Lewis, obviously. 
to the pet cemetery. And then the grandparents are going to come, and hopefully she kills them. So anyway, um... (laughs) So, uh, next we get to the scene of Gage flying his kite. Mm. This kid's so cute. He's so fucking cute. His little overalls! Honestly, the cutest fucking kid. And like you said, the most amazing actor. He's flying his kite. He's having a good time. Uh, Ellie wants her turn. Why are all the parents' backs turned to this motherfucking child that already ran out into the road once? It's Lewis's fault. It's fucking Lewis's fault. The other two were sitting at the bench with Ellie. Lewis was in the field with the baby. Let go of the baby's hands. Turned around. And stayed. Watched him let go of the kite. Watched him start to walk away toward it and then turned back around. And then, oh, all of a sudden, oh, no, my baby's chasing the kite. No shit, the baby's chasing the kite. Because he, like, drops the little thing he's holding on to. So, um... And, of course, Fred Gwynn notices, because he's the only fucking responsible person in this entire film. <laughs> and starts The yelling, baby! Get the baby! And starts yelling, and then Denise Crosby starts yelling, and Dale Midkiss starts running, and then at the last second, he trips. Oh, my God. And then you get the sound of the truck squealing, and then you get this tiny... Little bloody baby shoe in the road. Oh my god. And then so he starts screaming. And then you get these like pictures of little baby Gage. And it trans me up. Oh my god. And it transitions to like the funeral. I have more notes. I have more notes later. I just can't. Remind me. Baby. Remind me. Be like, hey, you have something to say. You have something to say. Not right now. Okay. (laughs) When? When I get there. To what part? I can't tell you. I don't want to say it right now. Well, then how do I know <laughs> I you? Okay, well, I was going to say a couple things about the whole situation that upset me. Okay. When you die, you get embalmed. They remove all of your organs. Yes. Also, baby Gage was flattened by a semi going probably 60 to 80 miles an hour. Yes. He, like every other character in the movie that came back as a ghost, came back with their features in the way that they were murdered. Gage wouldn't have still looked the same. He would have looked like a goddamn pancake with legs. These are my problems. He wouldn't have real eyes. His eyes would have been sewn shut. He wouldn't have a heart. He wouldn't have intra- Like, he wouldn't have anything. And he would have just been a little pancake. Sometimes... When the quarter's done, they'll put the brain in the chest cavity just because then it prevents leaking in the head and then they put other things in the head to uh, weigh it better. I can guarantee that this child didn't even look like it had a head after it got hit by a semi. It was a closed casket for a reason. But again, that part of that, I, I agree with the fact that everyone else looks still dead and he doesn't. In the book, it's explained that those, like, Things are actually healed in the soil, and they come back with, like, scars of them, but completely whole and, like, 
looking like a normal person. Hmm. So the soil, like, heals them. But, like, the mom at the end. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, in the book it makes sense, but the way, she should have come back looking whole. Yeah. She should have come back healed the way that Gage did. Because mm-hmm. the guy again, who got hit by only, the truck was like... Again, it, uh, well, he wasn't buried in the cemetery. He was just a Oh, ghost. that's true. That's true. Um, So that was just his visage. That's probably just how he saw himself in the afterlife. He's yeah. like, this is how I died. This is how I look. Church saw the hole in his neck. No, I think he was just bloody. Oh. Yeah, I think... Um, But yeah, but she should have been... Because the only way that it makes sense for Gage to come back is if it heals him, his body, to be not the end of fucking who framed Roger Rabbit. Um, and so that's the only way that makes sense. So yes, Denise Crosby should have come back. I do like that last image cause she looks disgusting. I love it. I'm just saying I uh, completely for agree. continuity purposes. hundred percent correct. Okay. Well, that's all 100% I got. hundred percent correct. So now we're at Gage's funeral. <laughs> this is like, it's so heartbreaking. It's so fucked up. God, it's fucking heartbreaking. I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to a baby funeral. I've been to, I've been to a um, stillborn funeral. Extremely sad. Saddest funeral I've ever been to. Uh, someone who's like a brother to me. His son was two or three. And that was the hardest thing that I've ever done in my entire life. I cannot imagine. Like, oh my god. Yeah. So, the whole time I'm watching this scene, I'm like, yeah, that's fucking rough. And then, the fact that a fight broke out. I understand that fights break out at at funerals. Jeff's got a story for the ages. But, um, not a baby funeral. Not the time. So, so So her fucking... Yeah. I, again, we hate her parents, but her dad, her dad comes up, Rachel's dad comes up and he's like, you son of a bitch, you were supposed to be watching him. Why didn't you fucking watch him? And like, granted, we he's did right. just say that, but not time the time, and place. time and place. And he fucking punches him in the face, and then starts like kicking him oh, while yeah. he's on the ground. And that's why Lewis like has to grab one of his feet or push him off of him, which then knocks the grandpa, the dad, whatever, uh, Rachel's dad, into the casket, which then makes the casket fall over and open, and you see a tiny baby hand which also wouldn't be well it could look like a hand i don't know man he got hit real hard it just i mean it just depends on where he got hit if he went under a tire both tires if it just smacked him in the face i mean it could do a lot of damage but he could still have a little hand just this tiny baby it was really sad it was so sad and like rachel's like obviously losing her fucking mind because what the fuck and then the, like... and But here's what pisses me off, too. Because in the book, she's defending her dad. Because, like, she, he does something, and then Lo- Lewis throws a punch, and she says, don't hurt my dad. And then even in this one, she goes, daddy! Not like, dad, stop! Or Lewis, oh my god, just, daddy! Fuck you! But then again, that's exactly how it is with... Trauma. Trauma and people who are abused and, like, uh, the, uh, anyway... It's like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred percent. But yeah, so. Call up Sam. I, <sighs> I hate her parents. <sighs> Some of the worst parents ever. Um, so that happens. Everybody's super fucking upset, obviously. And so Rachel is going to go stay with her parents for a while. She's going to take Ellie. She's just obviously not doing okay. 
um, Lewis, which hang out their parents. Her parents is going to make her feel better. But, and part of the problem is that Lewis, since he's not doing okay, he's not able to comfort the family the way he needs to. There's one part where Ellie starts screaming and crying because she wants Gage back so bad and runs and starts, like, sobbing on the couch. And Judd is like, you have to go comfort your little girl. You have to go help her. And Lewis can't. He, like, he's just stuck. He can't do anything. And so Judd literally has to get up and go comfort Ellie. And, like, the whole time Rachel's being sedated. And, like, all of this makes so much sense. It's so real that, like, like there are times in my life where there are things that have happened to me where my mom, like, if she's had something, has given me something to sedate me because I just can't. Uh, you know what I mean? You're just in that, like, I, I, I have to be asleep. That I, I either need to be asleep or dead. Mm-hmm. I have to do so. I cannot be conscious right now. Yeah. And it, it, that's, you know, that is one reaction and a whole, a completely other realistic reaction Absolutely. is Lewis just being frozen and catatonic. I've and definitely just, been there. I've been so devastated numb in the worst emotional and mental people are talking to you and it's just fuzz it's just static because nothing matters you're seeing but you're not seeing it just kind of you're You're alive but you're you're not you're not alive you're just living you're You're just just there you're on autopilot you're barely there and yeah again and then her reaction of just like you can't stop screaming and crying so you have to be sedated and then of course ellie's reaction of just that grief it's just this movie is exploring ways to deal with death and grief and that makes for the saddest fucking thing it's so fucking sad dude and then he's throwing in horror on top of it why does he do this to us because he's amazing he even he himself was like i don't know if i should publish this when he wrote it it like took him years to even send it into a publisher because he was like Maybe I've gone too far. That's not when you went too far. (laughs) I know you're not watching this, but I can tell you when you went too far. Spill. Spill the tea. We know. Tea time with Casey. We all know when he went too far. The child orgy? Yes. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) That was the, that, that nothing. Anyway. Back to back to you, Casey. <laughs> back to you, Jess. <laughs> Why did we just do that? And somehow that was still a better cast than anything Fox has ever put out. Anyway, um, so once they At least leave, we told the truth. She's not doing okay. Ellie leaves with her and... Yeah, they go... It is... Oops, I keep hitting this. I'm so sorry. Um, they do... It is Chicago because I wrote that down. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they go back to Chicago with her parents. Yes. So that night he... Uh, uh, Lewis is chilling in his kitchen drinking, as you would. And Judd comes over and he sits down. He's like, listen, motherfucker. I know what you're thinking. Because earlier when... Uh, Church came back and Lewis was like, bitch, what the fuck? Judd was like, okay, I'm gonna tell you what happened to Pet. You know, how I know about this. I buried my dog Spot up there after he died. 
He came back really aggressive, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of him telling this story, Lewis, which I think is a natural question to ask, I think anyone would ask this, has anyone ever tried burying a person up there? And I love (laughs) Judd's reaction. Oh, Lord, no. Christ on his throne, no. (laughs) And so, um, anyway, so that night Judd comes over and he's like, listen, I know what the fuck you're thinking. I lied. Someone did bury a person up there. This man had a son. Son went off to the war, died in the war, sent his body back. The dad was going crazy because his wife had already died. So he went and buried his son up in that Micmac burial ground. Um, And obviously the whole town knew he was dead or thought he was dead. And then they see him stumbling around one night and he's like terrorizing parts of the community. He doesn't actually do anything. Like he doesn't kill anybody in the book anyway. I think he ends up like eating some animals in the movie or something, but he's just, he's not right. He's a zombie. He's, he's not right. And like, they describe him as just like, there's some part of him there. Like he says things sometimes, but it's not just not all the way there, you know? And so they, he's telling him this story. He's like, so we all went up there and I think, so in the movie, they start the fire, and they're like, we gotta kill your son, you should probably get out there, but he doesn't. In the book, it's the dad that buried his son that kills the son, kills himself, burns his house down. Hmm. In the story, it's the town. I don't know which I prefer. They both kind of make sense to yeah. me. Because, I mean, I could see... You're like, I have done something that... Cause it's like, a damn, I mean, I don't believe in God, but that's an ungodly thing. That's not I mean, natural. And like, in a small town like that, even if he hadn't done anything wrong yet, like, even if he hadn't hurt anyone, hurt any animals, if he was just lurching around town scaring people, this town is going to be like, that is an unnatural abomination. That's the word they use in the book. Abomination. He's dead. It needs to stay that way. And, of let, course. Let dead dogs lie. Yes. Sometimes. Dead, dead is better. better. Uh, so that's when he's telling him this story and he's like, I know what you're fucking thinking. Don't do it. Don't Lewis fucking do is it. like, I'm not going to fucking do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I did it. <laughs> like, I, I, oops. I, I did it. I'm not going to do it, girl. I was just thinking about it. I, I did, did it. it. <laughs> uh, so obviously. I said the baby coffin is so sad. It's so sad. But there is one little moment that I was like. I almost wanted to laugh at because it's when he's digging up the baby grave and this cop rolls by and he's like hiding in the grave and the cop rolls by and he like lifts his head up and then he kind of goes and like goes back. It's, I was like, what the fuck kind of Bugs Bunny ass shit? It was. It was, That part was a little camp. I'm not going to lie. It was weird. I didn't Take get a it. shot. You know our drinking game. Well, so and then oh, anybody who listens <sighs> to this podcast die now. Truly. We're going to lose all of our followers. I love you. It's okay. We'll bury him in the pet cemetery. Loyal followers. Yeah. <gasps> we'll create an army. An army of living dread, dread girls. People. Oh, yeah. Girls, gays, theys. We don't care. All of them. No cis men. <laughs> no cis straight men. We love you. Anyways. So, so anyway, uh, he digs that baby up. And oh, my God. He takes that baby body, and he 
uh, digs another grave for that baby body and puts that little dead baby's body. <laughs> Can you say baby body one more time? Little dead baby body uh, into a new grave in the Micmac burial ground. And it's so sad because he even says, he's like, Gage, come back to us. And I'm just like, what parent in the world, what parent who has lost a child or even thought about they or thought they might lose a child or even had a child and thought, what am I going to do if I ever lose them? Has not thought of that. You know what I mean? Like a parent who's ever lost a child and thought I would do anything just to bring them back. I don't care how they come back. I don't care if they're not the same. I don't care what I have to give up. Yeah. I will do anything to bring my child back. And that's the feeling you get from this. It's so, like, like trying to put yourself in those shoes, like, trying to think the way he's thinking. It's like... <sighs> Me. <laughs> also, um, something that we forgot to mention is throughout this movie, the little girl has been having these kind of, like, premonition-esque dreams. She's, like, vaguely psychic it's not like so fully explained but she's like yeah getting... like earlier she called when uh they were away for thanksgiving and she was like is church okay do you promise he's okay i had I a had dream a... that he got hit by a truck and buried in the pet cemetery yeah and he's like no none of that happened except for all of it bitch who told you and this uh... time she, she's like told you know the mother and grandparents that she had a dream that daddy was trying to bring Gage back, and yeah. the mom, like, took it very seriously. She's like, I gotta yeah. fucking go. Yeah. Hopped on a plane and came back home. And it's, like, in, it's kind of, I wish it was explained a little bit better in the movie that there are these malevolent forces in the pet cemetery that are pulling you to it, that are, are reaching out to these people in, in grief mm-hmm. and, like, you know, giving you that sense that you need to do this. Mm -hmm. And so there is this external force that is giving Ellie these things. And then in the movie, it's visualized by the ghost of Victor Pascal, which is so fucking stupid. But, um, there is this external force that is trying to stop that. But there is always that malevolent spirit in the burial ground. That's trying to bring people to it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so, uh, so yeah, she is on her way back, uh, with her friend, the ghost. Uh, I can't remember where Lewis was. He went back to sleep. Oh yeah, he went back he, to sleep. Yeah, he went, buried the, buried the little baby body. And I'm gonna get, we're gonna get banned from YouTube. Uh, <laughs> and then went and fell asleep. With and his shoes on. Like an asshole. Again. Again. Uh. Jesus. Earlier in the movie, he fell asleep with his scrubs on. Bitch, I take my scrubs off. The, sometimes I take my scrubs off before I leave work because I just don't even want to drive home in them. I'm just sick of wearing them. Yeah. Who the fuck sleeps in their scrubs? You fucking disgusting. That is disgusting. Especially as an actual doctor. doctor like, yeah. You got you got stuff on you. Ugh. I don't know what stuff, but it's stuff. Germs. Germs. Dead baby bodies. <laughs> Lots of those. Lots of them. Now he definitely does. It's all over him. He just went to bed. Uh, His kid was oatmeal when he took it out of the freaking casket. (laughs) (laughs) And it rises as an oatmeal raisin cookie. (laughs) Fully baked. Just like Norma made in the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, we cut to Judd. Mm -hmm. 
murder me. Yes, so anyway, well, before we cut to Judd. Ooh, what? Oh, well, yes, yeah, so, well, before she leaves, she calls Judd and is like, hey, oh, yeah, make yeah, sure yeah, yeah, he yeah. doesn't do anything stupid. Judd falls asleep on the porch. Dale Midkiff does his thing, falls asleep, and then we hear this little laughter, and we see a tiny little baby hand reach into uh, Lewis's doctor bag and pull out a perfect little baby-sized knife, because it's a scalpel, but it's perfect for a baby hand. A baby body. A little ted- dead baby body hand. <laughs> for a little dead baby body jabbing. <sighs> Jab- barely, yeah. barely living dread baby. <laughs> barely living dead baby body. Except it's dead. Yeah. We're just going to call be the Dead Baby Body Podcast. Oh my god. No, that's awful. Nobody would ever follow that. You're like, what are you, what podcast are you listening to? None. <laughs> I, I can't, didn't, I, I can't, can't speak it name. out loud. What? Is that the, the, the dead, no. I'm not listening to them anymore. I unfollowed them. So anyway. Um, <laughs> they're canceled. They're super canceled. So... Yeah, so this is, we do cut to Judd. Judd wakes up, he's hearing all these crazy things in his house, and then he's realizing, oh shit, he went and got Gage and buried him, and now Gage is in my house, and he's like calling out for him, and you're hearing all this little baby laughter, it's so creepy. Oh my god, this part is my least favorite part of the whole movie. It's the most iconic part of the movie. This is the part that was like burning in my brain. Like this part I remembered more than anything. That's funny because I remembered Zelda more than anything. I don't know what it was about her that she got me and this didn't bug bug me at all as a child. I just have always had a fear since watching horror movies as a kid of um, getting my Keeley's tenons cut because you can never walk. You will never be able to walk it's again. It's the worst, the worst part of One hostel. little slit. I know. Hostel is what really fucked me up. One <gasps> slit so in the back of each of your fucking legs. Can't walk. Can't run. You're, you're dead in the water. You'll bleed out. You'll die. And baby Gage is just like, slit, slit. And he goes deep, bitch. Oh, it looks so bad. It looks so bad bad and then he cuts his fucking face open gives him a joker smile glass oh god this child is just fucking malicious yes so somehow two-year-old baby gage did baby body gage (laughs) um takes down six foot four fred Gwynn. well i mean if that would do it that would fucking do it because he was under the bed and mm-hmm. he just, and yes, that is a horrid part to watch. Absolutely. Oh my god, awful. it's so sad. I was like, not Judd. So then, um. Oh, and then he bites his throat. Oh my god, yeah. Judd got it bad. Everyone always talked about how they were afraid how much Miko Hughes got fucked up by this because he was in so many of these, like, scenes and stuff. Turns out a lot of the, like, really fucked up scenes, like that one. When they're fighting later, a lot of the bloodier scenes, he was, uh, they used, like, a doll. So that he actually wasn't exposed to almost any of the horror in this movie. Oh, wow. That's crazy. The same cannot be said for New Nightmare. He was a little older, but, yeah. Still. But, um, so eventually Rachel gets home. But she, when she gets there, first of all, 
She catches a ride from the same type of semi that just murdered her son. Maybe wait for the next one. And the guy looked so similar to the guy in the beginning, too. Like, I was just like, ugh, creep. You think that guy got charged? I don't know. If you were the parents, would you want him to? He was speeding. He wasn't paying attention. But. You know, I'm not a parent, so I don't really think I can say, nor yeah. should I. Yeah. Um, I guess I was God, just that's a, hard... a loved one, but it is different when it's a kid. It's always yeah. different when it's your kid. It's it's a very awful situation yeah. that I can't even imagine having Just, to it's, there's no make good that choice because it's not like um, it's likely the state would anyway. But yeah, it's not like pressing charges and pursuing that is going to bring your child back. Exactly, and, and a lot of the yeah. parents don't. I mean, I wouldn't want to drag it out and just be constantly. I mean, it's hard not to be reminded of that yeah, every day, but, but like going through the trial and knowing how long yeah. the legal process is, just constantly every day being reminded of it. You yeah. know. It's, like... Awful. Just yeah. awful. Yeah. So, she does get back, but then she's pulled over to Judd's house by noises, because she's kind of hearing Gage. This is when we see little show-stopping Gage oh in his God. little... With his little top hat and his little cane. And his little velvet. Yes, he's so cute. He's dressed up like a painting that is shown in the parents' house earlier. But, yes, he does... He's just... He's so cute. I want to hug him. Um, also, we're still seeing Rachel being haunted by Zelda before this. Like, yes. she's always with her. Um, but, yeah, I think she's just in this, like, like out of her mind at this point a little bit. Because Gage is coming, walking towards her, like, hi, Mommy. I wanted to play with you. And then he has a scalpel in his hand. And she's like, oh, baby. Like, probably just so, like, in shock, in disbelief. And picks him up, and then we just hear some stabbing noises. I mean, yeah, I don't care what he's holding. I'm going to pick that baby up. That's my kid. And she, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, well, she, yeah. I feel so bad for her. So, yes. But, um, I mean, also, like, the little girl was like, he buried Gage. He came back to life. So, at what point are you like, oh, maybe that's Well, but she doesn't true. know he's going to come back like that. She's just, and, and he's... Like I said, she was... He's even saying, like, hi, Mommy, I love you, like, oh. Uh. I want to play with you. So, yes, unfortunately, she dies. Um, 17 hours later, uh, Lewis wakes up. Fucking A. so long later. Like, you buried your kid so that he could come back to life. Maybe don't sleep for 12 hours. Take a nap. I don't... Take a quick nap. Take a set an alarm. power nap. Set an alarm. <laughs> Take a nap sitting up. That way you don't fall asleep that much. Do, I Beyond me. So he does wake up eventually. He almost fucking dies, like, gouging his eye out because he, like, falls out of bed. So oh, notice, he smacked his head so fucking hard. Yes. Uh, notices his scalpel is gone, runs across the street. Judd's dead. Somehow Gage carried his mom into the attic. Her body falls down, and then it's a Chucky-style fight between an adult and a tiny baby. Tiny dead baby body. (laughs) I'll stop. So, they're fighting, wrestling around, and he, like, throws the kid really hard. It's kind of fucked up. And... He was already dead. It's 
That's true. Um, it might just be a demon in there. You know That's what I mean? That's true, yeah. Could just be a demon. Uh, and so then Gage gets back up and he starts walking toward his dad with the knife again. And the, um, Lewis just pulls out a needle and just jabs him right in the... And he gets these big... He, so he jabs him in the neck with the needle. And it, he gets these big watery eyes. No fair. No, no fair. And he just like... he as at, Oh my god. My heart oh. broke. And he just walks down the hall and you kind of hear him fall. And then he, he's dead again. But before that also I think we forgot to mention that he caught Church. And picked him up. Like scruffed him. And gave Church the shot to kill him too. Yeah. Yeah. And then he went over and did it to... Because when he, he saw his wife and Judd were dead, he's like... Because he's but. realized, almost realized, sometimes, that is bad. Uh. <laughs> but not really, he hasn't realized that. No, because um, we see him pouring fucking gasoline everywhere. Fun fact, the outside of the rat's Judd's... fake. The rat was fake, but the outside of Judd's <laughs> house was a fake facade built around a real house, and they actually burned it down. Whoa. So that's actually a fire burning in the background when he's carrying Rachel's body. Because he's like, it's fresh. It's so much fresher. It'll she work just better. Died. It'll work she better. She's been embalmed. All the rest of them have. You know, they, they've all been, all their organs. So you never know. <laughs> you never know. I said, <laughs> didn't he learn his fucking lesson? Third time's the charm, motherfucker. No, it's not. So he chooses... In, at least this time he doesn't go back and take a nap. He goes back, back and plays solitaire. <sighs> the fuck is this guy's problem? Lots of them. It's true. I feel the worst for little Ellie. Because <sighs> now she is going to be raised by those terrible fucking parents oh that God. raised Rachel. That's so fucked up. Ugh. But uh, what you own always comes home to you. Yes. So Rachel comes walking in the door. This bitch is oozing. It's her eye. It's so fucking nasty. It's so gross. Like when she smiles, it like some of it like breaks and like pus pusses out. And he grabs her face and starts making out with her. I was like, Ugh. oh, actual gaggage. Not for all the tea and shit. Oh, not for all of it. That would be a really good amount of tea, though. Oh, I don't even care. Oh. It was fucking gnarly. It was gnarly. <laughs> I love, love, shit. love, love, love the special effects in this movie, though, because. Oh my god. Practical effects are magical. Key. I. These like, I could. I could feel that texture. I could feel the slimy, like. I could almost taste it when they started making out. It was fucking disgusting. Oh my god, yeah, I I gagged. I'm gagging talking about it. Like, that's not even... Even the sound. The sound design, like, when it, like, drips out. Squishy. Disgusting. Yes, so then, um, after they start making out, the camera pulls out to outside the house and we hear a scream. Everyone's dead. The end. Pat. I want to be buried in a pet cemetery. So uh, that <laughs> is by the Ramones, who Stephen King fucking loves. He mentioned them in the book, and then they wrote the song for him. 
Really? Yes. That's so fucking cool. I used, uh, I don't know if you saw the TikTok. I yes. used that song in the TikTok. That's why it's been stuck in my head. Um, so, speaking of, oh, anyway, speaking of, um, so, yes, this is, we are kind of nearing the end. We have only two weeks left of Stephen King's summer. We have got maximum overdrive, and then we are going to end with an absolute fucking banger. We're going to end with Gerald's Game. I haven't watched that movie since the first time, like, when it first came out on Netflix. Mm Mm-hmm. It's one of the only movies, scenes in a movie that has made me feel like I might pass out. Like, I felt lightheaded and I've never felt that way. Can we watch it together? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes, we are going to do that. I would love so, that. So, um, I'm like, I like don't know if I want to be alone. And that's a, book, that's a book I also haven't read, so I'm excited to start that. Oh, man, yeah. Um, and... Yeah, so, I mean, we're nearing the end, but this has been so much fun, and then we're going to cover, we're going to do a game, and then we're going to cover um, Midnight Meat Train. Bradley Cooper. Uh, with Katie, and then we are going to go into Found Footage Fall, which I'm so excited for. Oh, I need to start getting my list together. Um, and I would love to hear from all of you, because I think we're going to do some more themed months and stuff, so I think for December this year, we're going to do... Um, I'll be home invasion for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we're going to do a bunch of home invasion movies for December. We should do Hush. Oh, yeah. So, um, and that was a gift given to me by my sister Maggie, who came up with a whole bunch of these themed things. So we're probably going to do a bunch of those. I love that. I love but, the theme. Yes, I do too. But we always want to put some games and stuff in the middle, and we're still going to have some uh, uh, guests. Hopefully next week we'll have a guest for Maximum Overdrive. Which I'm really excited about because it's a really bad one, and then we'll end with a really great one. So, um, it's been a roller coaster. That is <laughs> the Stephen King verse is a quite the roller coaster. Oof, yes. true. <laughs> so, in the meantime, make sure you follow the TikTok and the Instagram at Barely Living Dreadful. Our Twitter is at Living Dreadful. You can email us comment. Comments, questions, concerns, and requests. Barely living dreadful at gmail.com. Make sure you like and subscribe to the YouTube. I don't remember if I said that part. And until next week, stay, stay spooky. spooky. Bye. Bye.